You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by the MLB.com shop. Welcome to MLB.com Extras, New York Yankees. Matt Wehmeyer alongside Jeff Nelson. We're joined on the phone by Brian Hoke, MLB.com Yankees reporter. Brian, thanks for joining us. The Bombers in 2014, second place in the East, 84 and 78, but they missed the postseason for the second straight year, something they haven't done since the early 90s. Given that, Brian, just kind of talk about the general attitude and vibe in Yankees camp right now. I think there's a lot of change here. You're, you're seeing uh, the phasing out of the old guard. Uh, we've seen it the last two years with Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter leaving. And now uh, you look around and it, you kind of need a scorecard to, to get to know some of these uh, new faces and new uniform numbers that are out there on the field. So I, I think that uh, there's turnover, there's change in the air. And uh, the Yankees, obviously, that, that's not acceptable for their business model, for their plan. Uh, their model is get to the playoffs every year and try and win a World Series and uh, Two dark Octobers back-to-back at Yankee Stadium, that, that's no good. And a third one, as Hal Steinbrenner said, that would be a disaster. So uh, I think there's a lot of urgency here that the Yankees need to start to getting back in October and, and sell some playoff tickets and uh, really make a run at a title this year. Brian, the, the Yankees have always had that go-to guy as far as for the media, you know, just to take the media aspect out of the players so you're not constantly going everywhere. You know, there's always that player. You know, it's awful tough for a leader to develop in spring training, but who takes over that role? I mean, Derek Jeter has been the captain forever, and you just mentioned the changing of the guard. Who do you see taking over that role as the leader going forward and probably the toughest place to play Yankee Stadium? Yeah, sure. I think that there's not going to be one guy. I think it's going to be kind of a, a leadership by committee. Uh, and Nelly, you know, I mean, obviously Jeter was the captain, but Mariano Rivera owned that bullpen. So I, I think there can be multiple guys there. I think Brian McCann, his second year in New York, can step into a leadership role. I think Brett Gardner, who is now – other than A-Rod, he is the longest-tenured Yankee. This guy's been in New York and has seen it all. Um, I, I think that Gardy is going to be very vocal in that clubhouse. I think that CC Sabathia can be a leader on the pitching staff, and, and I think that guys have gravitated to him since the day he came here in 2009. So I, I think it doesn't have to be one guy. I don't think you're going to be stitching a C onto anyone's uniform. Uh, clearly, they didn't do it with Jeter. I, I don't think you need to name another captain. I think that you just have to have veterans and leaders and, and guys that can uh, provide a, a solid example. And I think the Yankees do have multiple guys who do that. Mark Teixeira I would throw into that group as well. Um, you know, I, we could probably go to Carlos Beltran. Uh, I think that you can look at a lot of different guys for that. Brian, let's take a few moments to discuss you-know-who. What is the latest on Alex Rodriguez in spring training? I'm status quo as of right now. He, he seems excited. I, I think that it's been a long time since he's been on the field and, and competing against guys in other uniforms. He's really excited to do that. Um, you know, obviously it has been a, a media focus. It's been a talk of camp, but I, I don't think it's the only thing that's going on in camp. So, and I haven't noticed it becoming a distraction to the guys in the clubhouse. If anything, it, it's taking some pressure off of guys. For example, D.D. Gregorius is kind of, blown under the radar here because uh, nobody's all that interested in the guy who's taking over Derek Jeter's position because Alex Rodriguez is coming back after the suspension. So I, I think that 
it is interesting to see how positive the reception has been from the fans at, at Steinbrenner Field. I, I think that that will probably not be the case once Alex starts going on the road around the Grapefruit League. But as of right now, I, I don't think people are waiting two or three hours to wait around Tampa and boo A-Rod. I think uh, the ones that you have seen, they're excited to have him back on the system. I think if he can hit, it'll answer a lot of questions. I think uh, people will be willing to forgive. Well, Brian, this offense finished, you know, pretty much – you know, the bottom quarter of the American League in most every category. And, you know, a lot of it had to do with, you know, the shifts. You look at Brian McCann's probably never had that before. Teixeira continues to hit into the shift. Health-wise, and, and with these guys, McCann, Teixeira, Ellsbury, you look at Beltron, you know, collectively there were so many injuries last year. Uh, how are they now going into spring training, and, and where do you see them? What are they working on as far as not hitting into the shift, maybe going the other way? I think you go into the year with your fingers crossed and hope for better health. I mean, this is a team that two years, back-to-back -back years, they've set records for players used in a single season. And, uh, you know, it, it's remarkable. Joe Girardi's done a remarkable job to get them to 85 and 84 wins, considering all the turnover they've had and all the injuries they've had. Uh, as far as the shift, you know, that was something we talked with Jeff Penland, the new hitting coach, about. And he didn't have any concrete ideas he kind of wants to use spring training as a, a proving ground to get to know these guys obviously he's coming in uh has to build relationships with a lot of these players but in the cases of Teixeira and McCann I, I think you're gonna see them do it a little bit you saw it with McCann last year I remember there was one game where McCann even bunted down the third baseline but Teixeira said he put it well he said you don't want to take away what has made us good as far as Teixeira said his plan is to double more hit more home runs and walk more. And if they ain't, I mean, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. But I think that you're seeing a lot of these guys who are paid a lot of money to come in here and hit for power and, and hit against the shift. And uh, if they can hit through it rather than against it, I think that's what you're going to see them try to do. Brian, of course, as we've touched on already, the Yankees missed the postseason for a second straight year, which the past couple decades has been unheard of. Given that, how surprised were you in the team's restraint that they did not throw ungodly amounts of cash at free agents this offseason? Yeah, there was definitely some restraint, uh, but I think you didn't have the same amount of money coming off the books as you did in past years. Uh, you know, obviously, they spent a lot last year with Ellsbury and McCann and Masahiro Tanaka and Beltron. I mean, that, hey, that was almost a half billion dollars right there that I rattled off. So I, I don't think you can do that every year. I think that Hal Steinbrenner has been pretty adamant that you shouldn't have to have a 220 or 230 million dollar payroll to be competitive. Well, that's for the Yankees are going to be this year again. So they they did some move there. You know, Andrew Miller, Chase Headley, those were pretty substantial contracts, I think. Uh, but no, they were not in on the Max Scherzers and the James Shields, and uh, they were true to their word on that. So I think that this is one of the years where. They weren't going to go wild with spending. I think they're waiting for payoffs in year two of those big contracts. And, you know, clearly with Ellsbury, I think they got their money's worth. Uh, McCann, the second half was pretty good. Beltron, they never saw the Beltron they expected. And Tanaka, he was great through those first 17 starts. If he can be that guy, that's money well spent. If not, um, you've you got to find something else to, to figure it out. Brian, let's switch gears and let's go into that rotation. A lot of ifs again, you know, just along with the lineup. Uh, tell us a little bit about how Tanaka's feeling and also Sabathia. Yeah, Tanaka seems good so far. He says he doesn't think about it, and that's really all you can ask. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of eyes on him every time he goes on and throws a bullpen. You're always looking to see if he's going to wince or grimace a little bit. And so far, there hasn't been any of that, any tug. Or, he says he can just throw full out. And I think that's the, that's the smart way that you have to approach it. Uh, you know, you can't go out there scared to pitch and, and scared knowing that, hey, any one of these pitches could blow it out because uh, then you're, you're only pitching at 75, 80%, and it, it's just not going to work. So I think that he, he needs to go out there full force and have the confidence to know that the doctors have looked at this and said, you can pitch with this, it, it's healing, it, it's, it's good to go, and, and all indications are that it is. Um, does that mean he'll absolutely get through the rest of his career without a blowout? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, but I think that he through this year without it, I think it's certainly possible, you know, if he stays on the right program and does it. As far as Sabathia, um, he's looked okay. Uh, he's put on a little weight, but that's okay because the Yankees aren't too my, uh, too worried about that because if you look back at the best years of CeCe's career, he's, he's never been a slim guy. So uh, maybe this does help his mechanics a little bit. Maybe he can get back to being the guy that he was. Uh, the Yankees would be satisfied if he can just take the ball and give them 180 to 200 innings. So he obviously made only eight starts last year. They, they didn't get a lot out of him. His numbers have been in decline for the last two years, but they, they, they don't need him to come back and be a one or a two. If he can come back and be a three or a four at this point in his career, they're going to be happy with that at this point. Brian, in recent years, Hiroki Kuroda was such a stabilizing force in the middle to the back end of that rotation. He's no longer in pinstripes. Talk about some of the names that are in the mix to fill kind of those four and five holes at the back end of that rotation. Yeah, and that was a big thing. If you look at the innings pitch that Kuroda gave him last year, he was the only one who stayed healthy out of that opening day starting five. I mean, he gave them almost 200 innings. Well, that's what they got in Nathan Evaldi, and I think that was a big reason for the trade and bringing him over from the Marlins. Uh, obviously, they, they love the projectability. They love the ceiling. They love the stuff. Obviously, he's not a finished product. Uh, you look at his numbers, the win-loss, the hits allowed uh, were not fantastic last year. You'd like to see more strikeouts out of him. But I, I think that's the guy that you want to bet on the talent. You put him in with her and and hope you can find a couple things. And uh, that's the guy who's hometown is Nolan Ryan and uh, if you remember your baseball history Nolan Ryan wasn't fantastic his first few years with the Mets either so I, I know I understand that's setting the bar high I was laughing with Evaldi about that a couple of days ago but uh, if he can have anything close to that kind of career he'll be doing just fine and they've got a bunch of other guys here in the, in the back end you bring back Chris Capuano on a one-year five million dollar deal he, he was in camp last year or in the season last year after starting the year with Boston uh, they liked his clubhouse IQ. They liked his pitchability. They liked the idea of having a veteran presence there. Uh, Adam Warren in camp, he prepared as a starter. He was really good in the bullpen last year, but they, they think he could help him in the rotation. Esmiel Rogers, another guy who is coming into camp as a starter but could fill a variety of roles. Uh, Chase Whitley made some starts last year. Look, Yankees used 13 different starting pitchers last year, so they have plenty of choices to go around. Um, but I think – you come in, you, you, you pick the best five and, and maybe six. They're talking about using six in April, but really they, if you can pick the best five and go with that, I think they should be in pretty good shape. Brian, the Yankees have always had a stable force in that bullpen in the ninth inning with Rivera and Robertson did an outstanding job. He, job. He's moved on to the White Sox. Batances, I know, unbelievable year, his rookie year, and now you have Miller. Uh, now you have two guys that could possibly pitch in the ninth inning. Where do you see that panning out, leaving camp, and, and how's that going to work out for the Yankees? Yeah, it really might go down until the end of camp. Uh, they're in no rush to name a closer. I don't think you have to have 
a closer on the, on the first day of March, for example. I think that as long as they have one by April 6th, they'll be okay. But I, it's almost like a coin flip to me. You really can't make a wrong choice there because no one gets both lefties and righties out. They, he was dominant last year with Boston and Baltimore. Uh, but Chances obviously was dominant. The all-star rookie campaign setting up with Dave Robertson. Uh, I think that you're going to like a lot of the size. You're going to like the, the arm angles coming at guys. It's going to be tough. I, I think that Girardi could even have a co-closer situation where he goes based on matchup, but he seems to say that he would rather have a set guy because pitchers tend to like to know their roles. So I, I think that you're going to probably see Miller in the eighth and Kansas in the ninth, but I wouldn't be completely shocked if they decide to go the other way. Uh, but my, if I had to bet right now, I, I think that Dillon will take over the ninth inning and Miller will stay in the eighth. Our thanks to Brian Hoke, MLB.com Yankees reporter for Jeff Nelson. It's Matt Waymeyer thanking you for joining us on MLB.com Extras New York Yankees. Visit the official online shop of Major League Baseball at MLB.com shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, t-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source. The MLB.com shop. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 